sitting here on a Friday evening um, to avoid burps. I've exchanged my usual beers for a Bloody Mary. We're going to give that a shot. Oh, man. Um, very Wisconsin of you. It's very, um, it seemed very summery. Oh, yeah. It's quite warm out. It's quite nice. Um, things are pretty quiet in the country right now. Uh, <laughs> things are pretty I, normal. I mean, life is uh, about as average they, as it can get right now. Until they look at the date this episode was released and they're like, what was yeah. happening that weekend? Yeah, I don't think anything major. Um, so to kind of commemorate that, we've got lined up a pretty, pretty straightforward episode. Uh, commemorate. <laughs> to commemorate just how normal things are, we've got a very milk toast standard episode. Um, about Antarctica. But the thing is, there was a lot I didn't know about Antarctica. And that's kind of why I picked it. Because I feel like all I knew was like March of the Penguins, The Thing. And those two movies basically summed up my knowledge of Antarctica. I I would consider myself in the same boat. I The only thing I knew about it was um, that Shackleton figure and... Uh, one of my friends from high school spent like half a year in Antarctica doing research. Mm-hmm. Nice. Really? I hope yeah, maybe you might super randomly. Uh, I hope you know at least a thing about that Shackleton figure because I saw the name, but I didn't really. Uh... I do. I actually know. Uh, I met his granddaughter or great granddaughter. Wow. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. But also, you guys know the friend. Do you remember Chris Mayer? Swinging through Ames with his buddies oh, as they moved yeah. out to Denver. Yes, oh, I do. Oh, yeah, Long yeah. Hair. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that guy. That's the one. Hmm. Hey, Chris. Hope you're listening. Ooh. Quick Ooh. shout out. Oh, that's a strong Bloody Mary. <laughs> you got to have so, a beer chaser. <laughs> that's legit. Really? What? Yeah. I've been. You have like Bloody little, Mary's wrong. Not like shot glass, but a little bigger, like a shooter. Oh, of yeah, beer, okay. and you chase it. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. It's like the opposite of a pickle shot. Right? Yeah. What? <laughs> We're just educating Dan now. Or a whiskey pickle. Whiskey yeah. pickle is what I meant there. Uh, anybody want to take a stab about what Antarctica means? Anybody want to have a go with that? Well, anti, meaning mm-hmm. before... I'll let yeah, you. I'll before. let you get all the way to the end of your line. Opposite, of I think. No, like anterior. Mm-hmm. No, it means like not, like mm-hmm. anti. Venom. Anything is like you're not. Right. Yeah. We're really breaking this down. Anti venom. I like that example. Okay, so you got I, the I first mean, three letters that's figured out. <laughs> well, four. Thank you, kind sir. Arctic. <laughs> Cold. It's no, not, it's not cold. Warm. Warm. It's, it is a pretty. Is it, Antarctic means opposite of the Arctic. That's what the continent name means. So what is? Oh, because the what Arctic, Arctic is. Yeah. Well, the Arctic is the northern. Yeah. Hemisphere. Now, do you know what that means? Arctic. Is this for extra credit? Uh, uh, below yeah. zero. Is it below zero? It is not. It actually means it's it's uh, it's Greek. Below. Near the bear. Oh, there's no way um, we could have got that one. Yeah, and it what? could be either the Ursa Major is a very prominent constellation in the oh. Northern Hemisphere, or Ursa Minor has the North Star. Um, I think so. more so that, but 
Hmm. I think I agree. I think the North Star thing is pretty solid. Pretty uh, consistent. Interesting. Wherever you are, through whatever culture you are, right? North Star meant something. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, sorry. Yeah. South. Isn't there a, isn't there a similar thing in the South? I guess is it the Southern Cross? Do they use that kind of thing? Mm, I don't know. I've never been to Southern Hemisphere. This is one of a few times in the episode where I will wish Greg was here because Greg would know because I know that. Or wait, no, maybe Subaru is Japanese. Well, the constellation on the logo. Oh, Greg's gonna Greg's gonna fucking kill me. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> um, you didn't pass I your thought, test. Yeah, I thought it might be the Southern Cross, but maybe I'm just thinking of the like Australian flag. And it is actually Polaris on. No, because there's a there's a company. It doesn't matter. Uh, I pulled some <laughs> some facts before we get into it. The thick of it. I pulled a few stats from the CIA World Factbook about Antarctica. And I, I, what's kind of funny is, Dan, you said you you you've used the World Factbook. You know how mm-hmm. each each thing follows the same format in how it breaks yeah. all the categories down. It kind yes. of you know this kind of broke the format. There were a lot of things where it's like government, none, you know, and like oh, yeah. they didn't really know how to how to talk about it. Birth so rate, uh, yeah. <laughs> a thousand the, of penguins. <laughs> just for some context, the Antarctica is the fifth largest continent by landmass. It's about one point five times the size of the U.S. That's pretty pathetic. It is the coldest, windiest, and driest continent. Now, I know How, wait a this. second. Okay. What are that? What is that measured in? I'll tell you. Well, we talked about this once before, so I want you guys to answer as if we hadn't talked about this before. Maybe you don't remember, and that's good. When do you think it rained for the last time in Antarctica? When do you think it rained oh, most recently? We did. We took a bet on this, didn't we? I think so. It's something like thousands and thousands of years ago, isn't it? What do you think, Dan? Because... I guess 95,000 like, years ago. 95,000? Paul, you want to get yeah. a little more specific? Mm, See where uh, you're at? $1, Bob. Going one year ago. <laughs> one year ago. <laughs> $1. Okay. Uh, taking uh, prices right rules on this one. Of course. It was actually 2 million years ago. Dang. was the last time it rained. It only snows, and the snow does not melt, so it just freezes into ice sheets. Oh. Uh, which is Rough. why, believe it or not, 62% of all the fresh water on the planet is trapped in ice in Antarctica. And if all of that were to melt, the oceans would rise by 190 feet. Whoa. Could you imagine that? That's a, that's a quite a few cities underwater, I would imagine. Most of them, I would yeah. wager. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, even if you're inland, you're probably still not safe because you're, you know, smart, now dumb ass built your city on a river. Yeah, that's why I'm going to get a house. Oh, that too. I think I'm prepared. Ooh. That'd be fun. Now, I mean, I know... as far as like apocalyptic planning goes, that's that's the I think the best idea. Second only to bunker in a mountain is a houseboat. <laughs> in terms Fair of enough. Apocalypse prep. But even then, it's like you got to worry about growing food and stuff. Like, well, hunting. I mean, if you do true. it right, you got some uh, bloody Mary mustache. Uh, bloody I got another, mustache. Another thing I want you to guess on. Okay. I like the, this. The record low temperature. Don't overdo it. Ooh, in Fahrenheit? I did. I do have it in Fahrenheit and Celsius, so I will accept either. Well, Siberia can get down to, like, 
negative 80, negative almost 100, I thought. In Fahrenheit or Celsius? Fa- oh, Fahrenheit. Okay. Don't quote me. But I'm going to say, like, negative 120. Okay. Ooh. All right. Negative 150. Uh, Paul, it is negative 128.6. Oh. Oh, Got him. All right. One for one. For a little extra point for you, since you mentioned Siberia, that was at the Russian station that that was measured, the Russian Vostok station. Ah, comrade. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I do actually have one more little, little quiz. Ooh, uh, all this right. one's a little more abstract. So Tiebreaker. This yes. can be a little thinker. So since the sun only sets and rises one time per year in Antarctica. All of it? Yeah, what, um, on the summer solstice. What time? It, and Well, small point, oh, you know, it I doesn't always line up just because of the insane angle of incidence that the sun is coming in at. It doesn't exactly line up with the, it's off oh. by like eight hours or something. Hmm. Um. What time zone do you think they use, and why? Universal Standard Time, UST. What's what's UST? UST. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Google it. Oh. Okay, I will. <laughs> Jesus. Fine, I guess since we have time, I'm gonna say. Uh, I forget. Is it the Norwich Greet? The. Oh, is that just, oh, it's the one UTC? in England? The, the one in England. The UTC. The one in England. Yeah. You guys saying the same thing? Yep. Oh. Oh. So you just Dan is just yes. Yeah, I kind of just made up the name based on what I knew about it. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Look at that. Coordinated Universal Time or UTC. So you're both guessing that. Oh. Yep. Uh, well, it can't be the same. Um, not on a tiebreaker. <laughs> can I ask who discovered it first? Probably not, because that drives it. No, I'll tell. I'll tell you. Uh, it was a Russian expedition. It was the first people to actually see Antarctica. Hmm. Are you sure the UTC... Oh, no. I, this is all fucky. I looked up what UTC is. Yeah. Or UST. It's the Greenwich it Mean Time. Well, mine had Russia. I'm like... Oh. Why? Oh, UST might be. I don't know. That's a Ukraine standard time. Who knows? I think it just got enough letters with some other countries and stuff. Yeah. But, um, I'll change it up. I'll say... Uh, I think you're right, Dan, but I'll say uh, American East Coast time. Okay. So Eastern Standard. Both good guesses. But oh, do you do you either? I, I guess I've already pretty much revealed that neither of you are right. So you don't get to tell me why you think that. I guess Dan's pretty straightforward. Well, is this a Price is Paul, Right your... like closest? Okay, so there wasn't really any sort of actual reason you chose that. It was just oh, kind of... my reasoning was I figured some hot shot from New York discovered it yeah, originally. Of course, yeah. So uh, that's what they, I was going with. They actually use the New Zealand time zone now. Oh, ooh! Why do you think that might be? Well, Argentina no is country. closer. Argentina is technically closer, but is it because they're so close? No, that's north and south, though. It's it's because New Zealand is the only country in its time zone. So they were like, if we're gonna put it somewhere let's put it in a less crowded time oh, zone really? oh wait no shoot paul's right paul ah am okay I? I don't know. the reason that i think paul might be right now is because <laughs> if it if new zealand is the closest country to antarctica where would people be like shooting off from to get to antarctica but new zealand that's it that's exactly it 
It's it's all, okay. all flights. So did that even serve as a tiebreaker? Uh, I don't know. You guys, I think hey, that's you know a... what? Collaboration is key. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they, I was they say. use the they use the New Zealand time zone because all flights to Antarctica come from the Christchurch Airport. Nice in New, really? New Zealand. Yep. Now, why not Argentina Ooh. or Chile? Because um, I believe I, they're closer. I bet just the fact that New Zealand used to be part of the crown, it was probably a lot easier for the Western countries to oh. travel through there. Okay. Being More able to do this is nice, too. Just ditch uh-huh. the card. Yeah, it looks That's good. That's a little visual gag for the listeners at home. <laughs> what? Uh, like I was telling young Daniel before we hit record, I truncated the history a little bit because it's boring. And it would be pretty much the exact same episode as the Northwest Passage if I gave you the full history. So what I've done is just kind of a really, really rushed... On one note card, I basically cover from the 14th century to the 19th. So, uh, That's how my history classes work, too. One note yeah, card, 500 years. And I'll years. say there's probably oh, a little more yikes. in terms of when countries started to try to claim it. That's what I've got a little more of. But... Basically, since antiquity, a southern continent has been theorized, but nobody nobody dared travel far enough south. And what's kind of funny is the reason they thought there was a southern continent was just because they knew there was land in the Arctic, and they thought that it would need to be balanced. And so they just assumed <laughs> that there don't would want, be a continent. Don't want the Earth to topple out of alignment right, exactly. without having a <laughs> con- <laughs> continent down there. Um And even before they had discovered it, it started showing up on maps in the 15th century. And I saw a map from, I've seen a map from the 1500s where they have the the continent on there. But it is like, I mean, I guess I I don't know exactly what projection they were using. But from the map, it pretty much looked like it would be the largest landmass in the world. From the map that I saw (laughs) when they were just like guessing what was down there. And for a long time, they called it uh, Terra Australis. Australis? for southern land i believe in latin i wonder if any part of their thinking was like well where is most of the land going to concentrate it's all just going to fall down to the bottom so that's why it's so huge gravity man (laughs) they also didn't know for certain i guess even when they knew for certain they didn't but it wasn't until the 15th and 16th century when we rounded the cape Cape Horn and Cape of Good Hope. Um, it's kind of a hack bit, but I saying Cape Horn. <laughs> it's, it's a little tough. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> I mean, say it, Paul. Cape Horn. Whatever you're into, dude. I mean, I won't judge. <laughs> Cape Horny. Oh, you know, you got to say it a little faster. Because there's no, there's an e at the end, though. Right? No. I don't think no? so. No? Uh, yeah, they didn't know until they had sailed around those capes that it was its own separate landmass. They thought it could have been connected to, you know, South America or Af- Africa. And then it wasn't until 1773 when a fella, James Cook, I think he's he's a pretty substantial explorer, isn't he? James Cook. Captain Cook. Captain Evans. Cook. No, you're thinking uh... of Captain Kirk. Oh, God. I always Same guy, Star different Trek one, yeah. in this 18th <laughs> century, yeah. Uh, can anybody do a 
can we do like an audible and just somebody grab it? Somebody I'm, look up James Cook. My computer's fucking up right now, but okay, Dan, you're on the yep. hot seat. Working yeah. on it. In Substitute research desk. Yeah. James Cook. I was crosses. looking up some other stuff too. What were we uh, looking like up? Like the, the Drake Passage. Okay. Which is between the Cape Horn and. Uh, <laughs> now you got me fucked up. Um, <laughs> and uh, Antarctica. So I just got a Francis Drake. Oh right yeah, now, of course. That man, explore. <laughs> do you, hey, did you do any sort of? Do you guys did you look up anything about Antarctica before we did this? Or no, I brushed only in the up time on that we've some, been talking. Yeah, okay. I brushed up on some Shackleton stuff. When does that come into play? What? Who was he? Um, like when? When should I defer to you on this? Oh God, um, late eighteen hundreds, I think, mid eighteen hundreds. So I we'll can... try before the. I've got an 1840, and that's when they're the callback to Northwest Passage. Now, early 1900s. Some... First 20 years of the 1900s, actually. Okay, perfect. I'll just do it right after the um, South Pole thing. I had some fun facts for the end. Cool. Not really Dope. that fun, but it's a thing. <laughs> so the first time this really starts picking up, actual uh, in earnest research. 1773, James Cook, who were still on the fence about his accomplishments? No, dude. He did a lot. Um, mm-hmm. he, he just made a shit ton of maps, of course, right. like any good explorer. Yeah. First to uh, first recorded European contact with the eastern coastline of Australia and the Hawaiian Islands, which mm-hmm. are in the middle of nowhere. I, th- I thought um, there was some with Hawaii. And first recorded circumnavigation of New Zealand. Ah, okay. So he, in 1773, see how many more times I can say that year, crosses the Antarctic Circle but does not actually spot Antarctica. He's the first person to cross that circle, though, uh, on record. And then it's another 50 years, 27th of January, 1820, a Russian expedition captained by Fabian Gottlieb von Bellingshauser and Mikhail Lazarev. Whoa. Discover and uh, land on Antarctica proper. Before we move too quickly into those, the next one, do you know how James Cook died? I bet it's cool. It is. Uh, he was attacked and killed in 1779 during his third voyage in the Pacific while he was attempting to kidnap, kidnap the island of Hawaii's monarch. Whoa. Oh. And I'm not going to try to pronounce this person's name. Um, in order to reclaim something that he thought was stolen from his ship. Uh, one of the next big voyages to Antarctica. These are um, a couple names you can recognize, Dan. A fellow by the name of James Clark Ross makes a voyage down. And the first two mountains he sees, he names after the two ships that are on this voyage. The HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror. Oh. Who they Whoa. this they were used on his expedition to the Antarctic just immediately before the Northwest Passage. The fateful uh what is the fucking the 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 what the fuck was that expedition called? The John John Franklin. The Franklin expedition. Man. Nice. <laughs> that came from okay. the depths. Uh, the next major 
again, I want to say there is actually a lot that happens in between these points, but it's just like, well, the Russians went again and they made it 10 kilometers further inland this time. It's a lot of that for decades. The next big accomplishment is the 13th of December, 1911. The Norwegian explorer Roald Amundsen reaches the South Pole after an intense race with a British British explorer named Robert Falcon Scott. They both departed at roughly the same time and were... I don't know if they knew beforehand that they were racing, but it definitely turned into a race to get to the South Pole. Uh, Amundsen beat Scott by couple weeks i think or might have been 12 days because it was just in early january that scott got there so not only did he get beat uh him and all five of the dudes he was with died on the way back from the south pole oh so the norwegians really won that one (laughs) but that might not matter so much because the british definitely took a liking to antarctica and certainly laid claim to it So from 1833 until 1917, in this period of time, England is continuously expanding their presence in the South Atlantic. And this is kind of why, this is another time I wish Greg was here, because this is when they really start poking around in the Falklands, and I know Greg knows a lot about that. Do you happen to know anything about that, Paul? Uh, Mainly the war. um, Yeah, I know that came quite a bit afterwards, but could you maybe sum up, just generally speaking... So the British had, like, little tiny island colonies in the Falklands. So um, what kind of sparked the war off anyways is the fact that Argentina was really upset that, like, the British still had territory that was what they deemed belonged to Argentina. Um, I mean, it was just really just goat farmers. Like, these weren't even, like, really established towns. There's basically farms on these islands. Um, So that's what kind of sprung that war off a little bit but that's about all i know now when was that like the 60s no the war 80s 80s okay i feel like there's a lot of events in history where i mix up them being the 60s and the 80s a lot of the stuff that happened with reagan i feel like happened in the 60s 60s 70s 80s it all kind of gets a little blended it's all the fucking same well actually no the falcons falcon war might have been the 90s because uh what's her face was the prime minister at the time. Oh, Thatcher? Yeah. I can hear Greg's... He's, he's popped. His eyes are completely red from <laughs> all the blood vessels that have popped so far. Yeah. That elitist. You get an angry call. I should have been on this one. <laughs> um, sorry, Greg. <laughs> and this uh, kind of expansion into the South Atlantic comes to a head in 1923 when... I love this move because the British Empire declared to themselves, it was like a, just to the people, they declared that anything south of the 50-degree southern latitude mark... That's like the middle of Africa. um, Anything below that belonged to the British Empire. They deemed it of utmost importance to the whaling that the British should be in charge of all of that. Hmm. The following year, the French... They're not, they're not too happy about that. So the French also, <laughs> they just land a ship there, lay claim to a strip of land. And British don't really have, they can't really argue it, so they don't. 6th of March, 1931, the Norwegians do the same. They also lay claim to some islands 
And it is not the British who take issue with this. Believe it or not, seven years later, somebody challenges the Norwegian claim to land. And it seems like they only challenged the Norwegian. But maybe maybe this is just because it's very natural that they would it'd be unspoken agreement that they would be rejecting France and Britons because in 1938, Nazi Germany disputes Norway's claims. Whoa. Whoa. And they send a sh- uh, ship called the Schweben down, and it reaches Antarctica on the 19th of January, 1939. The pilot, with the last name Richer, R-I-T-S-C-H-E-R, he flies a plane over 140,000 square miles of land, and every 16 miles... He drops a, a, a dart with a swastika engraved on it out of the plane because they use that to try to, like, claim all of the land in Antarctica. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Uh, of course, doesn't really matter because, you know, you know. <laughs> they lost the war is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Yikes. Touchy subject. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting is even before... The Nazis bowed out of the war so gracefully. England went back down to Antarctica to challenge um, not not the Nazi claims on the land, but uh, Chile and Argentina's. They they used the uh, the British being distracted by the war as an opportunity to kind of uh, further their own position into in Antarctica, and the Queen was not too happy about that one. King, I guess, at this time. Right. When I think she's what always year? been in World power. War Two, forty-three. When did was she take still? power? After World War Two, I thought it was after right, the war. Uh, right after, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because she was queen while Churchill was still prime minister. When did he stop? That's actually a good question. I don't know. Could be two years. Could be ten. Somebody's got to look it up. We can't pose questions like that and not answer them. <laughs> Dan, it's got to be it. you. I don't know why. My computer's so freaking slow right now. Okay, Queen like Elizabeth came into office. She's been in there for 68 years. Nice. Jesus. I suck at math. Queen Elizabeth came into power in 1952. The U.S. had a little interest in Antarctica before the war, but really dialed it up once the war was done. With a little move called Operation High Jump. And this was just a very sudden, they sent 4,700 men, 13 ships, and multiple aircraft. The intent was to establish a research base called Little America 4. <laughs> and the purpose was to test military equipment in frigid conditions and basically just gather geological data, which most hadn't done at that point. I think. They probably had did some geological data, but I think up until then it was mostly exploratory missions. Makes sense. Now, since the tensions, you know, everybody's everybody's saying they've got some land, nobody really wants to, you know, do anything about it, especially the, there was a lot of pushback. The Western powers tried to internationalize Antarctica with the... Small caveat that the Soviets could be no part of it. And uh, obviously, <laughs> Soviets objected. It didn't work. They tried a few times between 1948 and the mid-50s to internationalize with little 
little luck, but one thing that kind of paved the way was something I'd never heard of, the 1957 to 1958 International Geophysical Year, which was kind of like a year-long event thought up by the French to, you know, during the war and in the Cold War, you know, the early stages of the Cold War, nobody was sharing uh, scientific research because it was all like, you know, research for me, not for thee. And the French were like, let's just stop. You know, we're all in this together. Let's share our info. So that is where, jumping forward a little bit, that's where McMurdo Station, the largest station, got its start. Was It was all kind of centered out of, that whole International Geophysical Year was centered out of McMurdo on the Antarctic front. And finally, December 1st, 1959, uh, the Antarctic Treaty is signed, and that's the same agreement we have now it is it set up antarctica as a scientific preserve as in like you're not supposed to make permanent settlements there for any purpose other than scientific research freedom of research and an an outright ban on military activity Mm. part of me kind of doubts that that is that part of it's being followed paul care to comment Sorry, Paul's like, like, I'm not actually in Montana. I'm in Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> I'll and be honest. The last minutes, I've been blacked out. That beer really got to you quick, huh? <laughs> the wave <laughs> hit me. Yeah, I wouldn't know what, like, were you Sorry. reading something or were you just zoning out? I was reading something and then I just, like, got into, like, a a time warp. <laughs> so. Okay. I apologize for my ineptness. What's interesting is the term for this kind of political agreement, what you would call land under these circumstances, is a condominium. Do you believe that? What? What does that mean? There are very few real-world examples of a political condominium, Antarctica. Oh. Oh. Some of the only other interesting dates that I thought were worth mentioning. Um, 7th of January. Is that my father's birthday? Uh Uh-oh. No, I think he's the 6th. Anyway, uh, 7th of January, 1979, Emilio Marcos de Palma is the first child born in Antarctica. Wow. Uh, In 1991, people start to wonder, uh, are we allowed to drill for oil here? And uh, pretty quickly, the Madrid Protocol is passed. No mineral extraction for 50 years. So what does that put us (sighs) at? 2041 is when we're going to have to revisit that one. Got some time. Yeah. See if we can figure something out. Dan, shit. Paul getting a beer and my Bloody Mary re-up. We skipped over the Shackleton business. I thought we were just saving until the end to talk about random cool shit. Because Paul has his facts. I have Shackleton. I've got some sex facts at the end. So, yeah, Whoa. Real, you mean that real... baby being born wasn't the one sex fact about Antarctica? Certainly not, my friend. Um, yeah, I guess then we'll just rip right through the rest of it, get to the cool shit. <laughs> the modern research stations, 42 countries operate seasonal or year-round research stations in Antarctica today. Um, can you imagine... Country- um, sorry, can you imagine being like the first person back... 
to the seasonal outpost, like digging away ice from the door, just like like shoulder in the door yeah. in dust and snow and is everywhere inside. You're like, oh fuck. It is the population varies between about a thousand in the winter and four thousand in the summer. So it's quite quite a swing. Summer holiday spot. Yeah, those snowbirds. And this this um this sounded crazy to me. I guess part of the thing you got to consider is like there's like cruises. It did, it says specifically said it did not count flyovers, but between 2017 and 2018 there were 50 51,707 tourists to the Antarctic Circle. Whoa. Seems like a lot. So, um I'll interject here with one of my fun facts. Uh, 14, as of February 2010, so it probably increased a lot, 1,400 climbers have attempted to reach the top of Mount Vincent, is that which the is, that's the highest peak in Antarctica for their attempt to complete the seven summits. Ah, do you so, know who Mount Vincent is named after? Ooh, good cue. No... Not off the top. I will look it up. Um, it was named by the Adversary Committee on Antarctic Names. Oh. Uh, <laughs> after Carl G. Vinson, United I States want, Congressman from uh, the state of Georgia, for support for Antarctic exploration. Interesting. Okay. That was so, easy. Not super crazy, but... Something I didn't think about. My grandfather actually worked in Antarctica for a oh, time. Yeah, you've, yeah. You've yeah, he that. worked for... Um, Caterpillar, yeah. Mechanic. Yeah, and I, I, uh... like, I think I found out, like, I mean, it could be one of those things where it's like, because my dad said he was a vice president of something. But it's like, you know, it could be one of those, there's companies that have, like, it's like Saudi princes. Sometimes there's companies (laughs) that have, like, 245 vice presidents. (laughs) Still. Yeah. But I think the the thing was, he was, like, overseeing the whole, whatever they were doing. That's cool. Shit. The digging, actual guess, operations, so, uh, yeah. How long yeah. was he there? Uh, I feel like it wasn't more than a year, but uh, we had a cool like mask and gloves of his. It looked oh, scary hell as hell because yeah. they were from, yeah. you know the sixties. So <laughs> we got to make whatever we're gonna make out of wool. Yeah. No, it's. <laughs> I think you're right. It, it was. They couldn't weave stuff that tight back then. Looms weren't invented until the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Thanks, Rumpelstiltskin. I just want to talk briefly about McMurdo Station. It's the uh, it's the largest station, so of course it's the American one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a, we've got a couple others, such as such as the the Amundsen Station, named after that Norwegian guy that got to the South Pole the first time. We have a uh, have you ever seen the picture of the South Pole, like the ceremonial South Pole? They've got that like barber shop pole looking thing in the ground, and then there's flags Sweet. of all the Antarctic Treaty. But then, like, I've seen that, but then I didn't realize that the Amundsen Research Base is, like, right there. It's, like, right at the South Pole. We've got a big research center. Pretty cool-looking building because oh, it's, like, cool. completely lifted up off the ground. Um, so it's just like, stilts. Plus, it's, like, I kind of expected, like, a snow-covered sort of down-looking building. And this, uh-huh. I mean, it looks like it could just be on any other street in America or whatever. What are you looking at, Amundsen? Yeah, yeah. It looks, it looks like a pretty actually nice building. Yeah. Um, 
McMurdo Station. You, uh, their heating costs are terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Funny you should mention, between 1962 and 1972, McMurdo was powered by a nuclear power plant. But uh, they stopped I was just going to ask. Then they oh, stopped. They yeah, they stopped. I I can say uh, they I think they they burn oil now, but um, they did in 2009 install three wind turbines, which seems like a smart move because uh, if you'll recall from the beginning, it's the windiest continent in the world. So yeah, so like that's if we got good and bad, because if it's too strong, it could mess up those oh, yeah, turbines. Blow up. That's why they turn yeah. them off sometimes. Yeah. Is that just like a friction break? Or do they just like... Is it like putting a clutch in? Can it just spin and it doesn't... Uh, I've seen them I think still more so like before. A clutch. Yeah, for sure. Still uh, like when some of the other ones are moving. Yeah. Which is always weird. Yeah. But that still might be different. That might be like a maintenance break. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, just like a braking system. Just seems like block. putting brakes on would make it even more like potential to really screw it up, you know? So that's what yeah. I'm wondering. Is, is it just like a clutch? And then it just but spins it's not, freely? I mean, it's aerodynamically like... Like, wind's going to pass through it. It's not going to catch and pull, blow it over. You know what I mean? I suppose. Like, the aerodynamics of it are, like, crazy good. Right, like um, the wind catches it and moves it, you mean, right? Yes, but also passes through it. Like, I don't think it's going to, like... It's not like a sail... Like, oh, you know, okay. or a building, like a tall building would just blow over, I imagine. But how about, uh, how about those fucking little pinwheels you put out the car window as a kid? That's well, not really talk, what they look like. Let's talk materials Fair, but, here, bud. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, I thought You're right. a good we point. Do, we and make you know what? I think those... the audience is going to be on my side, frankly, <laughs> until I get that call from Greg, and he's like, they were right, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Let's finish this McMurdo thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, so it's the largest community on the continent. can support up to 1,258 people. And it boasts a harbor, three airfields, a heliport, more than 100 buildings, a church, and two Wells Fargo ATMs. <laughs> no way. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine getting like a fraud alert text? Hey, twenty dollars was withdrawn your from card, Wells yeah. Fargo ATM. Seven thousand five hundred forty-two location pinned. And all of this is stocked by um, it's called Operation Deep Freeze. And this is once a year. A fleet of cargo ships brings eight million gallons of fuel and eleven million pounds of supplies to Antarctica. <laughs> Whoa. That's not that much. No. Since my since my little goofy fact is related, I'll just get right into that. The uh, I've I was looking at some AMAs on Reddit by uh, Antarctica employees, you know, like people who work there, and apparently there's kind of like a summer camp, college dorm kind of vibe, and uh, everybody drinks a lot. A lot of people bone. You get this like. At the beginning of the season, you pick, like, an ice wife or an ice husband, they're called. Oh, no. And it's just, like, no. friends with benefits, I guess. 16,500 condoms are distributed every winter. Do you believe that? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's like the Olympic Village on yeah, steroids, yeah. man. Absolutely. <laughs> but for scientists, like. Yeah. <laughs> God. That's awesome, though. 
Yeah. Can you imagine being the NASA scientist? Like, okay, your next assignment is Antarctica. And be like, oh, hell yeah, hell brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a party. <laughs> That's crazy. Whatever I guess your boat, yeah. I guess what else you got to do there for fun? Yeah. You know, I mean, you ain't going outside to hit a, you know, hit the links, the ice links for a little <laughs> round of golf. Not yeah, you're gonna lose beach, that ball in a minute. Beach volleyball. All right, who's first? I got a story. Okay. Okay, so this guy named Ernest Shackleton was <laughs> an Irish. Name. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's a shitty fake sounding name. Gotta <laughs> yeah. be honest. Shackleton. <laughs> he was an Irish Antarctic explorer, but he, you know, he sailed for the British, and um. He his first expedition that he took part in was in 1901. Took three years, but he was just like a little tiny officer for it, um, and he got sent home early because he got sick. But anyways, that expedition set like a new southern record um, by marching to latitude 82, 82 degrees south. Um, but the and so then then it was like okay who's gonna get to the south pole um during the nimrod expedition 1907 to 1909 hell yeah love that uh he and only three other people went and established a new record to uh, they got to 88 degrees south uh, which was only 97 miles from the South Pole. Ooh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks even more because he did not end up reaching the South Pole first, as Kane has established. That guy who the base is named after yeah, got there first. And... So, sorry, bro. Sorry, Ernie. Um. So, anyways, he sets his sight on a new record. He said, "I'm going to be the first person to traverse." Antarctica from one sea to the other. Ah, uh, he Lindberged it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Via the pole. So he it was like, I'm really gonna do the longest, you know, like I'm gonna do longest line from point A to point B. Wait, he did Whatever. pole to pole? No, no, no. Like oh. the line from coast to coast oh, went right, through okay. the pole. Yeah. Has anyone gone um, pole to pole? Like you probably, probably can't do that now. uninterrupted without refueling, but yeah, but probably by now, some millionaire junkie. Paul, Anyways, can you, can you maybe refill, not. Can you refill, um, re- refuel? I guess are there? Can you do that with civilian aircraft, or is it only military aircraft that are really designed for that? Uh, it's only really military aircraft. Yeah, I guess like civilian aircraft, they 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 fill up on the bottom of the wings, right? Well, I guess I you know I guess probably military aircraft do too, but they've well, got like a port on top, also. Yeah, boom. they're all they're all different depending on the aircraft, but like right. you just gotta think about like no one's flying around with a tanker in the air to fill up civilian aircraft. Yeah, no need. Except for you, Air Force One, but I guess that's not really a civilian aircraft, huh? A, you'd still you yeah, that's a that's still an Air Force aircraft, so Oh yeah. So so yeah, this guy Shackleton uh, Air Force One. Duh. I don't want to talk about it. Come on, Dan. <laughs> Get with the Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it was worse because you have the mustache. 
It moves with the insult. So, okay, so so after the race to the South Pole ended, like I said, he set his sights on going straight across. And um, t- so he, he set out in 1914 because he was like, perfect time to do something to gain international attention, do it during a world war. Um, so 1914 to 1917 is this trans-Antarctic expedition, but as some of you may know, it goes horribly wrong. Their ship, called Endurance, got stuck in the ice. <laughs> of course. Of course. What? The Endurance got stuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it ran out of gas. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, you can, I mean, you can read a ton of books about this, but, like, a lot of, like, a lot of these guys, I shouldn't say a lot, some of these guys survived, so they, like, told their story, and some of the shit that they had to do between, like, the obvious, like, shooting the dogs that they had to survive to, like, uh, like, hiding in, like, seal, dead seal bodies for warmth and stuff. Yeah, and, like, even though, like, they had, you know, just, like, like, eating, eating dirty snow just to stay hydrated and stuff and like yellow snow so so they their like best hope was um to to send out these two lifeboats with like a dozen guys on it and shackleton went on the lifeboats because he was kind of like if you want a job done right do it yourself um so like it was it's people talk about it like a controversial decision because he's like, oh, he left, you know, 50 of his men behind for days and weeks and weeks um, to just like escape to get to safety. But like he actually went back with the rescue party to get the guys too. So, anyways, these two lifeboats, these two little dinghies, set out and they go um, over 800 miles in like you know some of the roughest sea that's out there to just basically try and get lucky to land on this island where where a lot of these expeditions were setting off from it's called elephant island and um and then to get help and they ended up doing it obviously uh and then he went back one more time in 1921 and then died of a heart attack sick yeah. Dang. Oh, but his granddaughter is Sarah. Well, one of his granddaughters is Sarah Rayala, who was the dean of the College of Engineering at Iowa State really? University for a couple of years that we were there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Small world. Yeah. I took one of like her leadership classes, and she like she's written stuff on, and she gives like speeches. She was like, "Here's what leadership is. Like my grandfather did this, and that." you know feeds into my leadership style that's a stretch yeah (laughs) yeah it is it's like hey this guy did this one thing so it makes me good at what i do you know she makes money doing it so more i guess whatever before we get too far off um john sent me an onion article the other day oh the jesus christ one yeah did you see this paul (laughs) no i don't think so Oh, Heavenly man. sources confirm Jesus Christ will transfer to Iowa State University after getting grades up. 
<laughs> oh my god! The, the once academically troubled son of God was finally able to get his GPA up during his past semester at Western Iowa Tech Community College. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe how like is this heaven? I, no, it's Iowa. Uh, great. Wow. I can't like oh. I know other universities get shout outs on the Onion, but I feel like Iowa State gets a lot of shout outs given how generally obscure the school is. There's got to be a writer in there. Some writer, yeah. This that's all it always works. I, I was watching, uh, there's this very funny Hulu original comedy called Future Man that I was watching. And in the third season, they're dealing with like the event that caused the apocalypse that you know happens in the show in the future. And it happens in Friley Hall at Iowa State University. Oh my God. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome. I gotta watch that. Like, that's cool. D- does well, they they don't actually film there, do you think? Do they? No, definitely not. They oh did no, have, they oh. did have the real um, map. Like they they're looking at one of those like the big like you know pedestrian maps. Yeah, it's got the actual thing, but it was like very clearly not the. What <clears throat> oh. was weird because they, it said like, the little ticker at the bottom was like Friley Residence Hall, but then the computer lab was called like, Balzac Computer Lab or something. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't just use the one of the real ones, but yeah, that's just whatever. a phone call. Yeah, I mean they already got Friley, but <sighs> wow, that's cool. Go go state. Yeah, slay queen. Oh Jesus! Yeah, you're canceled, oh. sis. You're not allowed to say that with your mustache, oh. especially. Oh yikes! That's no go. Yeah, that's a yikes from me. Do you want me to keep using these Twitter? Liberal Twitter platitudes. Of course. Uh, let's see. That's the tea. Uh, oh man, spilt the tea. Spilt the tea, sis. Uh, Paul, you got anything? Did you have a little fun fact? A little interesting um, tidbit. I already kind of talked about the Vincent Massif before one of the seven summits. Um, another thing, though. So the Antarctic Treaty uh, is a. Basically, it's a military treaty saying that any military activity on land or ice below the 60th degree uh, southern, lad- southern par- yeah. parallel excuse me, is prohibited from any mm-hmm. country. But honestly, what I found to be most intriguing from this Wikipedia article was the how clear they say, while the use of nuclear weapons is absolutely prohibited. <laughs> it's like, let's just throw that out there for one. Um but it doesn't apply to naval activity, so people can uh, steer their ships all around Antarctica and do what they want. But uh, no military exercises in Antarctica. Um, in comparison to the Arctic, where everybody's just that's their playground right now. So mm-hmm. <laughs> why? Because it's close. Honestly, a lot more stuff going on up north. Mm. You know, Russia like shipping routes. They're in, yeah, oil Fishing. is up there. Like yeah. Russia is just so close, so it's easy. Norway's up there. I mean, Canada. Like everybody's practicing and doing stuff Greenland, up there. Greenland, Iceland. Well, that makes me feel slightly better because I am still like. Sometimes I think about how freaked out I was um, when we were flying to and from Taiwan. We went to we went Chicago to Hong Kong. 
and you don't fly over what? land for that. Like you fly north over the Arctic or part of it and then down. And really? I was like on the little map on the the seat back and I zoomed out and I was like, No, dude. If we go down we're, we're never so gonna be fucked. Found. Yeah. Yeah, no chance. <laughs> Really? I had no idea. That's quicker? Or just I, less crowded, I don't know. Oh, that too, I guess. I could believe that's quicker. Holy cow. It freaked me out when I saw it. That's really so, weird. Like, that's... I wish I took a picture, but... Because yeah. I feel like, even though I know that the planet is a sphere, I feel like I still just think of travel as like as if I'm looking at like a Mercator map. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, you know? like that's yeah. not allowed. Left or right. Going over the top, you can't. Yeah, this do is supposed to be shit. up down. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, satellites. So like a lot of like spy satellites or like, hey, we need a satellite like here. They'll put it in a polar orbit. So basically, they'll put it in that route. Yeah. Basically over the poles, and that way, like, it's quicker because the Earth is turning, so it can get to where it needs to be. Oh right. Um, Oh man! But you know, it's uh, it's in that polar orbit. So that's cool. <clears throat> I'm not sure I fully get satellites. Honestly, I really want to know how many there are and how do we keep putting more up there. Eventually, it's going to be a problem, right? Because like, I We've feel all like seen they stay up there longer than you know. It takes a while to be pulled back in. I would think. I wasn't under the impression that oh undergrad I th- okay I thought you meant like lasso come back <laughs> yoink oh. <laughs> shepherd's staff <laughs> the crook uh, <laughs> yeah I think they all eventually come back don't they but it probably takes like I don't know a couple hundred a yeah. couple thousand years who knows oh Christ oh well yeah we're putting know. them up I, there I'm totally speculating I don't know yeah um <laughs> Well, like some satellites are, they just like or, stay in the same place relative to the planet, which is weird. Or do just, they just, uh, like, account for the speed? But when they're like, "Hey, we're done with this one. Let's uh, get rid of it." Do you think they just like send it off into space? I think they just stop talking to it. Uh, yeah, I don't think they can do that. I don't think they doesn't can, like, that move. take some serious force to move from like a one sphere to the next? You'd have to like break out of orbit because they're still they're still yeah. kind of trapped. I mean, they still have, like, propulsion on them. Like, they can move those satellites. What the fuck? I, I would assume they have, like, it's the not, little... About, you know what? It yeah, probably depends on Yeah, that's all you need. <clears throat> that's all you need. To get out? Yeah. Oh. Because there's no gravity. I mean, there's so little gravity, you're just a little... And then you're in a different orbit, and that just slings you around somewhere else. I don't think I'm... I hope so. I don't think I'm suited for discussion on space. Mm. That's a good thing. It's a good thing we're an Earth-bound yeah. geograph- we'll geographical podcast. We'll save that for a ISS I gotta episode. Zoom that, I got to zoom the podcast artwork <laughs> way in. <laughs> or uh, yeah. closer to the globe. How about a, a Dark Side of the Moon episode? What Our, What could we possibly know about the Dark Side of the Moon? It's dark. We're adventurers. Yeah. We'll find out. Do you think there's? But, oh, there's probably way more just, craters on that side, right? It's just gonna be a lot of movie references, honestly. 
I don't think it's the same side of the moon. It is. That's it is. Oh really? Oh yeah. well, okay. And that's so since that's that one's not facing Earth, that probably gets way more like probably. impacts, right? I would imagine so. No, wouldn't it be the side that is the leading side based on its orbit orbit orbital path? I guess it could be, but either way it's like things aren't coming from Earth towards the moon, so No, but but the 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 at any one moment the line that the moon's path is on is facing away from not direct like perpendicular I see what away you're from saying, Earth. But it's it's yeah. like <clears throat> it's like if you throw if you throw like if you throw like a ball through the rain, the side that gets hit the most is the side is not the top of right. the ball, it's the side. But it's like I guess it's our is it is this car hitting more deer or are deer hitting this car? Do you see what I'm saying? Like Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's one of those. That yeah, was, a classic was deer great. and car situation. <laughs> it always happens all the time. Squares and rectangles. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> uh, well, Kane, your hope for a shorter episode went out the window about half an hour ago. Yeah, but in terms of... <clears throat> it wasn't a hope, it was a fear of a shorter episode. That's true. But I'd say there was comparatively little information in this episode. Um, maybe not yeah. compared to like... Our last one was also pretty, um, pretty weak. But Greg said it was. Greg thought it was going to be a disaster based on how it was going in the recording. But he said I did. <laughs> yeah, I did a pretty good job in editing, punching <laughs> that up. But um, it always yeah. seems a little bit worse in the recording because. Yeah, because I'm I like, know. oh fuck. <laughs> like, there's oh, a lot of no. b-roll we'll say there's a lot of b-roll staring yeah. at my notes uh yeah <laughs> um yeah we we should do a heavy hitter next time what do you think yeah well yeah. um do i'll do i'll do Dyatlov next week okay. hell yeah because i want to lead one so all right we got D- oh you're gonna lead yeah i want to oh, lead this one yeah yeah all right Take Balls on, uh, in the first chair. The big pants here, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we got... <laughs> Kane, man, this is going to... Kane, what do you know... How much do you know about the DLF pass? <clears throat> oh, true. I know the events. Okay, so <laughs> would you say, like, Paul's going to do all this research. What percentage of that do you think you'll be, like, abreast of? 30 45%. Okay. Oh, damn. Okay. All right. I was going to say, you could, Kane, you could really flip your script and take my role of mm-hmm. absolutely knowing nothing and just go along for the ride because that's, that's a time and a half. Let's yeah. uh, let's give it a shot. I'd like to see the other side of this coin. All right. I'll fall somewhere in, like, the middle ground. Okay. I like it. <clears throat> nice. Well, that was Antarctica. All of it. Right? That's the whole yep. damn thing. <laughs> and you know what? You know you know why it's okay that um, there wasn't too much to say? Because at the end of the day, it's a pretty boring place. Yeah. All things considered. Yeah, There's a reason why people place. don't live there. You know what? <laughs> How about this? Um, the Antarctica is the passageway to the underground society, the hollow earth, and uh, that's where the Nazis fled. Thoughts? I don't really think they fled. No, they did. They went into the earth, 
where there is a star in the center. What we think of the core of the planet is a star. Yep. All right, I'm going to stop um, recording and go to the bathroom. <laughs> okay, did Dang. you actually stop recording? Well, his headphones are off. Oh, his headphones are off. He probably st- oh, I really scared him off with that one. All right. Well, see you, folks. Okay, bye. These penguins are all heading to the open water to the right. But one of them caught our eye, the one in the center. He would neither go towards the feeding grounds at the edge of the ice, nor return to the colony. Shortly afterwards, we saw him heading straight towards the mountains, some 70 kilometers away. Dr. Ainley explained that even if he caught him and brought him back to the colony, he would immediately head right back for the mountains. But why? One of these disoriented or deranged penguins showed up at the New Harbor diving camp, already some 80 kilometers away from where it should be. The rules for the humans are, do not disturb or hold up the penguin, stand still and let him go on his way. And here, he's heading off into the interior of the vast continent. With 5,000 kilometers ahead of him, he's heading towards certain death. <laughs> 